Now let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture readings for today come from the Common English Bible. Our first reading for today comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 1, through chapter 2, verse 4a. When God began to create the heavens and the earth, the earth was without shape or form. It was dark over the deep sea, and God's wind swept over the waters. God said, Let there be light. And so light appeared. God saw how good the light was. God separated the light from the darkness. God named the light day and the darkness night. There was evening and there was morning. The first day. God said, let there be a dome in the middle of the waters to separate the waters from each other. God made the dome and separated the waters under the dome from the waters above the dome. And it happened in that way. God named the dome sky. There was evening and there was morning. The second day. God said, let the waters under the sky come together into one place so that the dry land can appear. And that's what happened. God named the dry land earth and he named the gathered waters seas. God saw how good it was. God said, let the earth grow plant life yielding. Plants yielding seeds and fruit trees bearing fruit with seeds inside it, each according to its kind throughout the earth. And that's what happened. The earth produced plant life. Plants yielding seeds, each according to its kind, and trees bearing fruit with seeds inside it, each according to its kind. God saw how good it was. There was evening and there was morning. The third day. God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night. They will mark events, sacred seasons, days, and years. They will be lights in the dome of the sky to shine on the earth. And that's what happened. God made the stars and two great lights, the larger light to rule over the day and the smaller light to rule over the night. God put them in the dome of the sky to shine on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. God saw how good it was. There was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. God said, let the waters swarm with living things and let the birds fly above the earth up in the dome of the sky. God created the great sea animals and all the tiny living things that swarm in the waters, each according to its kind, and all the winged birds, each according to its kind. God saw how good it was. Then God blessed them. Be fertile and multiply and fill the waters and the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. There was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. God said, let the earth produce every kind of living thing, livestock, crawling things, and wildlife. And that's what happened. God made every kind of wildlife, every kind of livestock, and every kind of creature that crawls on the ground. God saw how good it was. Then God said, let us make humanity in our image to resemble us so that they may take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the earth, and all the crawling things on earth. God created humanity in God's own image. 
In the divine image, God created them. Male and female, God created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fertile and multiply, fill the earth and master it. Take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and everything crawling on the ground. Then God said, I now give to you all the plants on the earth that yield seeds, and all the trees whose fruit produces its seeds within it. These will be your food. To all wildlife, to all the birds in the sky, and to everything crawling on the ground, to everything that breathes, I give all the green grasses for food. And that's what happened. God saw everything he had made. It was supremely good. There was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. The heavens and the earth and all who live in them were completed. On the sixth day, God completed all the work that he had done, and on the seventh day, God rested from all the work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all the work of creation. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. Our second reading for today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 20, verses 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus came near and spoke to them. I have received all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Look, I myself will be with you every day until the end of this present age. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So the first thing one might notice from the readings today is that it may not sound like the familiar version of the creation narrative that you've heard before. That was a very conscious decision on my part to use the more conversational common English Bible. Part of this is because it makes us stop and think about the words differently, and I wanted that to be part of how we read it today. In conjunction with that, we have our gospel lesson from Matthew. At first glance, one might not make the connection between the two. That is my purpose today. When Jesus says, I've received all authority in heaven and on earth, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you, we recall what all that authority entails. So we recall the creation story. It is rather poetic to listen to. We have everything being created and God seeing how good it was. And all the divisions that we know and we understand play out in this first creation narrative from Genesis 1. I started to think about what all of this means together. That if Christ carries all the authority of heaven and earth and he sends us to go and make disciples teaching what he taught, it carries with it a tremendous weight, a tremendous responsibility, and yet a tremendous joy. One of the things that we have in the account is the creation of humanity. God created humanity in God's own image. In the divine image, God created them, male 
and female, God created them. That thought, that thing that binds us all together as one, being created together in God's own divine image. Now that can be a lot to take in. And it is always a source of debate over what that means, so I figured I would give you a little bit of my perspective. Being created in God's image, the image of that which is good, the image of that which is holy, that which is caring, is a tremendous gift. It doesn't say that God created some better than others. It doesn't say God created one over the other but that God made humanity in God's image. Then we are given the earth. Be fertile and multiply, fill the earth and master it, take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and everything crawling on the ground. Then God said, I now give to you all the plants on the earth that yield seeds and all the trees whose fruit produces its seed within it. These will be your food to all wildlife, to all birds in the sky, and to everything crawling on the ground, to everything that breathes. I give all the green grasses for food, all the wildlife, the trees, the plants, everything. And we get something a little bit different. God saw everything he made, and now he doesn't see how good it is. But it was supremely good. I had to pause on that idea of supremely good. That we are the caretakers. That we are given basically everything. Look after it. Care for it. But there is an interesting contrast to be made. That in the commissioning of the disciples in Matthew, the care has expanded. It has gone beyond, here's the birds, here's the beasts, here's the plants, here's the trees, here's the things, one might say, that make up the earth. Now it is making disciples, not of one nation, but of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That humanity as a whole is now called to look after humanity. And we are given encouragement in this. Look. I myself will be with you every day until the end of this present age. In other words, you're never in this alone. And maybe it's just because of the current situation where I feel a little more distant from a lot of humanity these days that it seems to be a supremely good comfort that this monumental task isn't one that we ever carry out without support. As I was reading through these, I began to think about what that means to care for each other and to be stewards of all of God's creation, each other included. That we nurture each other and that we help each other and that we correct each other. That we don't do it for our own sake. We don't try to prove someone wrong so that we can be right. We don't correct others so that someone will take notice of our own cleverness. We do it as an act of loving stewardship. If we think about the care of others with the same care that God had in all of creation, it gives us a great example of how to care. 
I think that when Christ draws out baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it causes us to reflect upon what each of those means to us. We often think about God the Father as the Creator, as the one that brought everything into being, that we look around and we see that work still going on today. That we see the trees and we see the plants and we see the animals and we see the people. And we see the work that God called supremely good. We think about the Holy Spirit, a spirit that would be delivered to all who would receive it. A spirit that would guide us in truth. A spirit that would give us the strength and the ability to communicate and we think there is no way to communicate. A spirit that gives us a voice. A spirit that is there to give us guidance. We think about the Son whose love and compassion reminds us to have love and compassion. He reminds us that one of the greatest things one can do is be ready to lay one's life down for another. And all three draw together a picture of what it means to care. A picture of what it means to take responsibility for those things. That it doesn't mean just observing nature and going, well, it's there. But it means noticing it and noticing that we are to be caring for it. To be taking care of God's creation. That when something is amiss, we have a voice to speak up for God's creation. That in times of trouble, we show compassion, mercy, and love to God's creation. And thinking about those different aspects of God helps us to focus in on each different way that we care. And that we do it together. I'm reminded that if Christ was with one disciple and Christ was with another disciple, all of their days, then they were united in Christ. United in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I think that care and compassion is important. It can be hard. It can be testing. We all know that in trying to do the caring and compassionate thing, caring for others, that we have distanced ourselves from each other to do the best we can to help all the people that we can, even at the cost of giving up some of the things that we love. And that is not easy, especially when it creates a conflicted feeling in our hearts between the things we want to do and the responsibility we have been given. One might note the difficulty in going and making disciples if we aren't to go within six feet of each other. That was not lost on me in today's reading. But then I think about all the ways we do communicate. And we do show our compassion and care. We use our time and our energies in the ways we can. In many ways, not being in contact with others is a sign of our discipleship. Doing what you can to lessen the effects of a pandemic is showing compassion and care. By the same token, standing up and speaking for others is a sign of our compassion. We live in interesting times, a time where communication is instant. We can pick up the phone and check in on each other just as if we are in the same room, that I can see my parents' faces even when they are miles away, that I can talk to my family and talk to you. Even what I'm saying now, you can see it or hear it, watching a video, listening to a podcast, or reading a page 
my voice reaches you. I'm given a great comfort that whatever trials we face and whatever difficulties we have, Christ will be with us through it all. Every day and every moment. If it seems like the entirety of the world is too much to handle, that it wasn't just forced upon us without thought, it was given to us by a God that is still with us. A God that communicates with us faster than any technology we currently have. A God that will always be with us, no matter where we are, no matter how far we feel we stray. God is with us. Wherever we go, we are in God's creation and are God's creation. If we are created in the image of God, then God is with us because we are made in that supremely good divine image. It also means that we can find the good in others. I know how hard that can be right now. It is something I know we can all struggle with. Sometimes it is easier to look at someone else's faults and write them off. Sometimes it seems if we are calling out a wrong or an injustice, we are speaking up to something negative that's happened. It can feel like we are focusing on the negative. But at the same time, it is also the responsible thing to do. No one can right a wrong they don't know is wrong. Nobody can correct a mistake they don't know they've made. The question is how we do it compassionately and in a caring manner. It isn't always easy, and we may have to ask for forgiveness for reacting too harshly. I know I do. I know in the midst of discussion and argument, I remember to pray for others because they are in my care. If they accept that or not is their own business. But all I can do is what I've been sent to do, to carry out God's mission, look after this world and look after each other, and to remember God in it all. That if the Holy Spirit moves you to speak for justice, it also means explaining to others why we seek justice. That others understand why we care. That others understand why our hearts are so moved for whatever issue it may be. I know for a fact that I likely disagree with every single person that hears my words today on some issue or another. We may disagree on how important those issues are. It also means we must have a spirit of understanding that Christ on the cross forgave the people who were crucifying him because they didn't know what they were doing. That needs to be our prayer too. Asking forgiveness for others for what they may not understand while we seek to understand others. It is in that spirit of compassion and understanding that we find God. It is in overcoming our differences that we find truth. It is in conquering the evils and injustices that we see that we truly bring all people together. It is understanding that each of us has a different view based on the life we have lived and the events that have molded us. It is especially important to remember that some issues run so deep we may never see eye to eye. Does that mean we will always be apart? No. John Wesley had some words of wisdom about disagreement. Think and let think. If we remember that you and I are made in God's image, that every person we see is a creation made in the divine image, it can help us remember humility. Now, it doesn't mean that we let bad things happen simply because we disagree, but it means that we do what we can to understand each other. 
We remember that we may think differently, but that if we are both made in God's image, there must be something we can meet upon. We find common ground that one of the biggest things we have as common ground is God. Will others always accept that? No. We see it time and again throughout the Bible that people disagree. We see it in Moses and Pharaoh, an argument where they couldn't see eye to eye, but Moses didn't relent because he knew the lives of others were at stake. But we can also see Paul in disagreement with the church in Jerusalem, able to find a way to move forward together. It's important to remember these things because tempers can run high. Things can happen we disagree with, but we must ask if the issues that divide us divide us at a core level. And I come back to creation. At the heart of it all is something God saw as good. So my message for you today is to find the good and be that good. As we go forth to make disciples, let us not simply say to others, believe as I believe, but show others what that means. If the care of humanity is in you, you will care for your brothers and your sisters, not because they agree with you, but because they deserve care and compassion. That we forgive others, not so it looks good on us, but forgive to show that all can be forgiven. That we show mercy because we are a people who need mercy. A people who have received mercy. That if Christ died to set us free, we must show what that freedom means. We must show what compassion means. That we live out our mission, not simply by speaking what the Bible says, but by living by what Christ has called us to do. Others should know the Bible by the way that we live it. That is how we show our care for God's creation. By honoring it in every action that we have, by everything we say and do. Seeking forgiveness when tempers run high. Seeking to build bridges we may have torn down in anger. Seeking to repair relationships that are broken. Be they relationships between us and others or repairing relationships solely between others. To show that our concern is not simply for things that happen in our lives, but things that happen in all creation. We carry out our mission by carrying out all that God has called us to do. Remember all that God has done, carrying with us that it is good and that we can make things be good. That we have been given everything we need to do the work that must be done. So go and to do. Go and be. Go and show the world kindness, compassion, mercy, and love in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.